Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. My name's Phil, a mixing and mastering engineer. I hope you're doing all good out there. We're into May, which is very, very bizarre. The months just seem to fly by. It seems like that's all I ever talk about in instructions is how far through the year we are. But then, you know, it's one of those things that the, the older you get, the sort of quicker time passes, or it feels like it passes. Anyway, less of this philosophy. We get into some philosophy later in the podcast, actually. This week, I'm chatting with Adam of Levere. They're a four-piece band who've recently been touring up and down the UK, and I actually got a chance to see them, and they were absolutely phenomenal. This week, we're discussing all sorts of things like how to choose a good, unique band name that really fits your style, being social at gigs in order to network and sort of meet people, and everyone being actively involved in music production, how you can go about that, how you can do that. It's a really good chat, and I'm going to not waste any more time and just say on with the interview. Adam, how are you? Hello. Really good, thank you. Pretty good for a Sunday. Slight hangover, but pretty good. Then we'll we'll, we'll soldier through. We'll soldier through. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So my first question for you, as always, comes from an online random question generator, and this is quite the question. Um, Would you rather... Have a grapefruit-sized head or a head the size of a watermelon? Ooh. Ooh. So I can have my head the size of a watermelon. Like that, it's that's one of, you know... Or the that, size of a grapefruit. I think I'd go watermelon. I think it'd be a bit bearing on the on the neck, but um, I think, you know, I could live with that. I think it'd be okay. So your head's looking normal, it's just the size of that. So it's... Yeah, I think, I think I could live. Hats might be difficult. I could like um, the beanies might be a bit tight, but we'll make it work. We'll make it work. It'll be all right. Get someone to knit you one that's big enough. Mm, I've never. Yeah, that's a interesting question. <laughs> it was a new one to me as well. I've never seen a question like that before. So there we are. Um, it's what it is. My first real question for you is: How did you get into music in the first place? Um, I I grew up in a musical family. I think that's. Uh, I know that's, that can be quite a common answer if you like but I think I was quite lucky with that um my dad's a musician there are lots of musicians in the family um and I was also quite lucky that it wasn't if you like encouraged or forced upon me it was very much I just grew up with music around me all the time um and then I, around the age of 14 15 I just wanted to learn guitar so I borrowed one of my dad's guitars he and my uncle and other people taught me and that's that's where it started really um I also as well my my dad ran a recording studio when I was quite younger as well um and it was um it was great as part of um it was an attachment on a pub if you like in our village and I just have really early memories I say early I was probably about eight maybe up to ten years old I have these great memories of going down there and seeing these bands going in there and recording and it just I don't know I think that sparked it as well just seeing the fun behind it and the creative process so that's an amazing kind of inside track at such an early age of what what it's like to see people recording yeah, I, rem- I remember, um, again, early memory, I remember going in the live room where there was a drum kit in there. It's probably the first time I've ever sat behind a drum kit and was allowed to make a racket. And um, I loved it. I remember just having a great time. Um, I also remember the bands and my dad and other people just just drinking away in the pub. I think there was a, a balance between recording and you know being next to a pub was probably really nice. So Quite a handy location in that regard, isn't it? Oh, definitely, but there we yeah. <laughs> maybe not productive, but... <laughs> well, no, maybe not. 
don't know. I've never seen that situation ever, so I've not really stopped to think about it. <laughs> so you you transition to drums? Is that just kind of you just fancy picking it up after the guitar, or? Yeah, I um, I always loved like I, you know watching drummers, and it's just a total different beast altogether. Uh, I play guitar right in, like in quite a few different bands as well um, through my teens and then in my twenties. And I think it was I was at university in my second year, and there was a drum kit in the room, and I just had a lot of time to access it and and that's sort of taught myself by just repeating songs in my headphones over and over and over and over again and when you're at uni you've got a lot of time to do that kind of thing so and i just i fell in love with it i still play guitar i don't play guitar in any bands or anything and i love it and but drumming is my like proper passion if you like and something i I sometimes obsess over it to be honest with you i'm on like on instagram watching just sat there for hours just watching drummers and it's great you know and there's always something to learn you know you're never done with anything like that yeah so it's just endless so but yeah i love it good transition <laughs> it's the one instrument that i cannot get my head around it doesn't matter how hard i try i can't do it. it's the first instrument i tried to learn and i when i was like i think i was about eight and i picked up like wanted to learn the drums and i just i just could not do it it just did not happen so i became a bassist instead <laughs> <laughs> oh nice no, i've played bass in bands before and i love that as well i actually um i played bass in a band for a few years and i, I loved it i had uh, managed i saved up saved up all my pocket money as well at uni and i bought a nice bass rig so that was good and uh but yeah that's the other thing with drumming it's expensive it's not you know with guitar you can grab a 20 quid cheap guitar and, and crack on with a drum kit you know you, it's a lot of money and you can't you know i grew up in a terrace house there's no way i was learning drums when i was a kid because that would have caused a lot of problems for my parents i think yeah somehow i was allowed uh, somehow my mum my mum already owned a kit so she kind of just gave it to me i don't know anyway not important no, that's right now. Cool. Um, no that's cool that's really cool <laughs> So moving forward, how how did the band get together? How did you all kind of discover each other? Well, um, my wife, she's now my wife. We got married last year, and I. Uh, we played in bands. Thank you. Uh, we played in bands together before, and we we just love heavy rock. You know, like we've been in some great bands, um, but we kind of at the time was listening to like bands like like Alter Bridge and Slash and what else we just like um Shine Down and bands like I was like, Do you know what? We wanna we wanna get in a heavy rock band. Let's let's form one. So we kind of we spent a bit of time just almost like picking who we want to be in a band with basically. Um and it was it was on a drive, four in the morning. I think we were on the way to the airport to go to Spain. And I remembered seeing well there's a band that we used to play with years ago uh, called Lock Up Laura. I remember thinking the guitarist was just a monster on the guitar and a great songwriter and exactly the kind of thing I wanted to do. And that's Aaron, our guitarist now. Um, so I sent him a, a text and then we met up in a pub and that's where it started, basically. Um, and then bassist Aaron, um, I've played in bands with him. Uh, I've played in bands with him before. Um, and again, I did. we did actually ask him first and he was a bit worried about dedicating time to it so we had a couple other bassists who then couldn't do it um and then he was like actually go on then i'll be in the band i was so happy because he's, he's also an amazing singer as well so uh chloe was quite happy you know to have a, a decent backing vocalist i did backing vocals to begin with and i was like i'm passing that straight to aaron when he joined the band because he's the much better singer and he's yeah so that's it that's how we that's how we formed basically hmm what what year was that 
Uh, that was 2019. We have, as I mentioned that we had a couple of bassists before. We also had another guitarist, Oz, as well. Um, and then just in the end, he decided to step down and we stayed as a four-piece. Um, so we've had a whole journey with a couple of other members. Um, we launched everything in 2020 in April, um, two weeks into a pandemic lockdown. And um, that was, we just went ahead with it anyway, released some music, cancelled lots of gigs, of course. Um and then, yeah, they've just been cracking ever since. It's been on the up from then. I can definitely say that's true for everyone. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we're allowed to do gigs. It's, it's that's it, really yeah, yeah that's it. Oh, yeah, I felt strange when we first could do that. It was, uh, oh, there's people again and we can make loud noises at them. Amazing, amazing. Did, did you do any of those really strange kind of sit-down gigs? Yes. Yes, we did. Um, our first other gig was in a pub. Yeah, it was um, out. There was a big garden set up at a pub called the Jolly Brew in Lincoln. Um, done loads of gigs there with other bands, and we did one there. And it was, you know, when it's six people at a table, mm. and um, it was packed. It was really good. Uh, but it's also the gig that I proposed to Chloe at. So oh. it was huge. We had this weird, yeah, like I said, sit down set up. It was our first ever gig, and then I proposed at the end. So. Oh, well, it was one hell of a night. <laughs> but the sitting down thing is really strange. Like I went to one or oh, two, yeah. and I just couldn't. I couldn't get my head around it. <laughs> yes, and I think staff um, might have been losing their minds a bit because they obviously legally had to be like, "No, everyone needs to stay in the seats." People, the more they drank, did not want to do that. <laughs> they did not want to sit down. They wanted to get up. They wanted to, you know, act like it was a normal gig. So, yeah, bless them. That must oh, be hard. Yeah, <laughs> at least we're not there anymore. <laughs> no, no, I would not go back to that. No, but there we are. Well, it was better than nothing, wasn't it? Anyway, um, so where where does the band name come from? And I, I, I think, I think it's French, mostly because my wife has a French degree and we've talked about it. But and I'm, I'm fairly sure that you're saying Chloe is French. Yes, correct. Yes, yes. that's yeah. right. Got it right. There we go. That's it. Interview done. We just completed it. No. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, we originally were called Tides. Okay. And that was, we were quite happy with that band name. We had a whole evening drinking beer, deciding band names. It takes a long time. And um, when we released our music, we realized there was about 30 other Tides. Um, and that was creating problems with, you know, REP ending up on all the bands pages and things like that so uh, yeah we, we got together and thought of another one again took hours sat down wrote lists of names out and then um, yeah Chloe uh, suggested it it's a river that runs near where she's from so she's from Normandy in the north of France and um, it's a, a river called Olivia so we just put them together um, and yeah we to be honest I love the band name I really like it I think it's quite unique um people tend to remember it the only thing is that pronunciation is a bit difficult some people call us levia but that's fine um there became a bit of a running joke in scotland that people kept saying we rhyme with beer so they kept calling us la beer and that helped people so that's fine so but yeah so, I it's like on your it. instagram page isn't it rhymes with beer oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah 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 it's it very helps. handy it it's it's, yeah. it's instantly obvious what it's called but what you like how to pronounce it but you know yeah yeah, yeah. But no, it's, it's fine. People say, like, bands... We had played in Camden, there's a couple of bands, like, yeah, give it up for Leviathan. And we're like, it's fine, guys. You're giving us a shout-out. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so um, where and maybe how do you rehearse? Do you, do you meet up once a week and make it, like, a regular 
kind of thing or do you kind of just rehearse before gigs and recording what's your approach to that kind of side of things so yeah we usually rehearse once a week um we go every, every thursday we're at a studio called playing aloud that's in north highcombe in lincoln it's an amazing studio space and um, they've got practice rooms there and the two guys are run it martin and scott i always give them a shout out because they're just awesome they're just the best people who could run a, a space like that um yeah we try and get in there every thursday we're quite busy writing and rehearsing new material at the minute um aaron our guitarist is always sending demos to us i think we've got so many new songs to be to practicing um and luckily i think we me aaron and aaron instrumentally we gel really well it's quite a quick process like he brings it in or we listen to demo and we just crack on but i, I i've um I've been in bands where perhaps, you know, members don't want to rehearse all the time, but I, I can really, as a drummer, I can really see the difference when you don't do that. If you if you just leave rehearsals to just before a tour or something, you know, I, it feels ropey. Whereas I think if you keep going every week, I know like with life commitments and things, that's not always possible. Um, but, um, but yeah, we try our best to, to go once a week. Or lately, we've just been gigging every weekend, so we've just not rehearsed because we just thought, you know, again, like life commitments, as I said before, and we've left it so yeah that's that's what we do basically a gig uh, is a rehearsal more or less of a different nature but absolutely um and you almost you know i i feel like we've got tighter and and sort of our stage presence has improved the more we've gigged as well because in the rehearsal space yeah you can you know get the songs in your head and you can work that out but things like stage presence and um and playing you know under pressure on the hot lights and with a crowd and those time restraints is a totally different beast isn't it and you need to get out there and do it so to focus in a way in a different sort of way to a rehearsal i guess that's it that's it yeah nice how how have you found those kind of um weekend mini tours that you've been doing because you've done them the last i'm gonna say the last month or two most yeah, weekends yeah, i've seen you out and right. about since um, the end of february we've been yeah ha- have you out. found them because that's quite a commitment in your spare time yeah we um we've it's great because we've we've collectively discussed it um and we've loved every gig you know every gig oh, they all, they all, of course they all vary you know we've got some that are highlights some that were like mm, you know that could have been better um we do we do love gigging but we're all now we we um last weekend we were really tired by the end of that sunday um and like friday night we drove back from camden it's three hour drive I, I got in bed at four in the morning and like um and we're just saying that we love it but actually it's nice now to have a bit of a break and and again aaron and aaron you know they've got they've got young kids they want to have some spend time with them at the weekends also family time me and chloe again you know we want to be doing social things so again it's that balance but you know that doesn't i mean that could sound like a complaint it's not at all you know we we do love to you know getting out there and gigging um but it makes us appreciate that like you said that spare time at the weekend as well and we're just not no, I was just going to say one thing we get asked a lot is like, why haven't you toured sort of properly, if you like, and done it in like two weeks? And and we were just say, we've said before that we're just not at that stage. You know, we couldn't. There's no way I, I think, you know, a band at our level can expect to go to Leeds and fill a room on a Tuesday night. You know, it's just not going to happen. And again, it's difficult with commitments. So, plus, it's it's one of those things, isn't it, that it it takes out of your annual leave at work, and you've got to balance these things really carefully. And you're right; it's it's it is all about balance for anyone listening. That you need to work out what is 
enough to kind of do the momentum of the band as it were and to keep things moving but not so much that you're going to kill yourselves in all sorts of yeah. ways yeah and i and i understand why bands don't last when they're doing that you know i can i think if if people they, they have that dream of getting out there and, and gigging in loads of different places but actually the reality it comes to it and they're like okay i'm 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 missing out on the other things in my life i can see why that that can sometimes you know that's why members leave or you know they they look at other things so um but so far we we are enjoying it um but yeah just trying to keep that balance <laughs> totally totally get that um speaking of gigs have you had any um what, what, what i often call nightmare experience gigs where things went wrong and they can go wrong in all sorts of ways you you don't have to name names you can keep it vague if you need <laughs> yeah. to um with uh, with the word nightmare i'm gonna say i don't think we've had a nightmare situation i think we've been again i I'd like to say we're lucky, but also I, I'm very grateful that Chloe, Aaron and Aaron are just, when it comes to setting up and equipment and, you know, timekeeping, just everything like that, they are so on it. We're never late. We're never, there's never, I say never, there's like if equipment's going a bit off or something like that, you know, they've got the knowledge to fix it. You know, Chloe takes her own microphone. She knows how, you know, how that sounds. It's better than mics that they're going to use it usually what you get in a venue so you're going to get less feedback all those kind of things so they're already repaired uh, prepared um the, the only thing i think is is difficult and on a couple of gigs is when um there's perhaps not the best stage management going on so if we're headlining or we're you know further down the bill um and bands run over that can be kind of Almost, I'm going to use the word draining. Like sometimes it's like, because you know, you're kind of in your head, you're thinking, oh, we've driven miles and now we're thinking we could have a set cut in half, you know, or with curfews and things. So that's the only time I think we get a bit anxious or something's not gone quite right. Um, but yeah, lucky so far. We've been all right. Hurrah. <laughs> Good. I, I think you were chatting about kind of stage timings and stuff like that. When I saw you uh, in London, I can't remember where it was in London. Anyway, when I saw you a few weeks ago, the the timings of that gig were incredible. Everything was to time with four bands. I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't believe it, but it was great. That, the other three bands, though, they were just brilliant with that as well. Um, they were really, that was one of those gigs, actually, where like musically... I really enjoyed all the all the bands that night, um, but just individually, the the other members they were just they were so welcoming and so lovely. And yeah, they um, I think it was um, uh, Colossus. Like they were just like a ball of energy. Anyway, and I th and I remember seeing. I think I saw I saw one of the members sort of like look down the set and turn to others and went, "Cut that one. We 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 need to crack on." You know, seeing bands do things like that and and respect the rest of the, you know the rest of the bands and 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 the audience because again, you know the audience expects this amount of music or this timing you don't want to be going over that um so yeah that was that was a good night i enjoyed that especially for a sunday as well that was brilliant that was our, i was there's me going on about not playing on the other nights but that was our one-off on the sunday so it's something that i end up saying a lot on this podcast if you're in a band don't be a dick <laughs> it's kind of like you can get a very far with just following that as a rule like because it's so interpersonal isn't it this kind of whole area that if you if you're difficult you're going to get a reputation very quickly and everyone's going to know 
Yes, and again, we've just because of the amount of gigs we've done, we've played with so many bands. And I will say that nearly every single band has been awesome. Some have been ex- like amazing. Like Friday night, we played in Camden, um, and there was a band, Joey Witt, um, and his band. Like the, the members of that band were honestly some of the nicest people we've met. Um, and they just, you know, like you say, that networking and that engaging with other musicians, it's just going to last. And we're chatting with the promoter, Sam, as well, and he was saying the same. Um, and it really, like you said, it really stands out when people are not like that and don't give a good impression um, or just sit quietly in the corner. I know, you know, some, you know, people have different moods and some people are shyer, maybe a bit more introverted sometimes when they're, before they're going to play or anxious. But I think, um, again, one thing we've, we've always said is that when we go to a venue, we want to stand right in the middle of the venue, pint in hands and talk to as many people as we can, because there's no point. Why would we go there? You know, we're just going to sit. And again, I've seen a few bands recently who will just sit at a table in the corner and not speak to anyone. And again, that's fine if that's if they're comfortable with that. But they're not networking. They're not they're not speaking to anyone. And and I don't remember them. They're not like I feel like when we're then setting up other gigs and tours and we're thinking about who we want to play with. Of course, we're thinking who's musically great. Um, but we're thinking, oh no, who did, who was awesome? Who did we engage with? Who were kind? Who do we share gear with? Who did we grab a pint with? Who did you know? It just those conversations. That stick in your stick in your head so so i agree with your your point thank you (laughs) massively very kind of you um so you mentioned that you guys send each other demos a lot and kind of demos kind of fly left right and center in terms of songwriting and then you you hash it out in the rehearsal room and things like that um so let's say you've got a song ready and you're ready to record it and you're ready to go right okay let's get this ultimately let's get this song out there how do you go about that do you record yourselves or do you head into a studio what's your approach with the recording side of things so we made the decision two years ago to record ourselves um we do use a studio it's the same place i mentioned before playing aloud at the rehearsal space they built a studio upstairs which is amazing it's just a really nice space great live room you know every, everything's great and they've got loads of for me you know because it's all about me right as a, as a drummer they've got some really nice drum kits in there um, great mics and we just we did record with a couple of people and we looked looking at other people and the main thing we we thought well two things first of all time restraints usually when you work with other people which is fair of course they have their lives um but it'll be like six hour eight hour sessions we realize as a band when we go in the studio we want to be there for the entire day you know we've we've left the studio at two in the morning before just because we've been in the zone we want to get it done we're there we're in the mood why why stop because we have other things to do and then come back to it in a week we're very much like let's smash it let's you know let's do four days in a row kind of thing um and um and we and again the other thing is you know we're we're a small unsigned band i think no one's going to care about what we sound like as much as we do so if we've got the skill set then let's put it to use and i i if you like you know mainly do the engineering and the mixing of it but when it comes to actually you know who when people say or oh, ask to you know when we put on our songs who's produced it i was just put levere because it's not just me yes i mix it and you know do a lot of the engineering um like the mic micing up and things like that and and but it's Everybody in this band puts a lot into the production, uh, whether that's Chloe sitting with me and going through and just like going through all the vocal edits and then, you know, throwing all the extra ideas in and we just got a mic there and she's doing backing vocals or, um, 
Aaron Hall on guitar, you know, he, again, just is so prepared when he comes in the studio about all the guitar layers he wants, he wants to do. I saw that on one of your other uh, podcasts, you were um, looking at the process and looking at the end result. Aaron is very much like that. He, he came in on the last one and he just, um, it wasn't a case of record your normal guitar and then let's see what happens. He was like, so this is what I'm doing. You know, and it, that for me was, it just worked so well. Um, and then Aaron Smith, our bassist, he's actually really into like um, sort of adding, because he's a pianist as well. Uh, he does a lot of production himself. You know, we'll record a song and then he'll be like, oh, here's an arpeggiator that I've written to go over the back in the background. Or, you know, here's some no like noise. Or I think the other day he's like, he sent some like subtle horns to put over a chorus. Do you know what I mean? Like right in the background. He's, he's really into that additional layering without taking it away. Uh, so yeah, long answer basically is that well, short answer to that is that yeah, we we do record ourselves, but it is a very much a, a joint effort between the four of us. Nice. I think what what you've described about your your general approach that is really good that other bands can kind of take away and think about is when you go to record, it's it's going in with a right. This is where we're going. This is what you want it to sound like. These are the guitar parts we need. These are those bits that we need. And sure, you know, as I said, you've got a band member who's coming up with these extra ideas <laughs> that you may, you know, you end up may or may not using. But that's that kind of additional element that's really helpful. But that very element is the kind of thing you can do outside of the space that is costing you money. You can do that kind of thing at home if you need to. Yes. Rather yeah, absolutely. than in the space that you're you're spending money on. When you're spending that money, you need to know exactly what you what you need and what you want to get out of it at the end of that's it. That's it. That is it. There's no hanging about. And yeah, like I said before, we you know we've been um I think usually would would we yeah, pay daily and we've taken like days off so we've got a few days in a row we'll get there at nine in the morning and then yeah sometimes it's been sort of one in one two in the morning where we've left and it's just because we've like we spent the money we're there we've planned it let's get it let's get it done um so yeah it's been fun i love it if i'm honest with you i like just it does take time because we you know we, we've still got a few We've got five tracks we're just finishing off in a minute. Um, and it does take a lot of time because we're all quite, um, I think we're quite picky about things and that's good. I, I asked the others to send me notes and they, you know, they, they go for it and they tell, you know, change this frequency on this and, you know, cut this tiny guitar scratch out. That's good. And they scan the thing I want. So it's detail. It's helpful help very helpful very very helpful is that is that th that's a, it's quite a difficult thing for a lot of bands i think when you're producing and mixing yourself to have that objectivity so having other band members who very much want to be involved in what is functionally the revisions process to go right we need to get this right what what needs to be changed is really helpful better than having other band members who kind of go eh, i don't really care yeah <laughs> and then be very difficult that's it and then you know in the future they might then regret that as well they might kind of not like the sound of the song because they've not contributed but yeah absolutely yeah you're right these these guys uh you know it's it's good to have their all their input and again my ears i might listen to that song 20 times over and over again you almost become sort of deaf to stuff don't you you kind of you like really lose um 
cross site of what's going on and then he said it to somebody else and they'll go whoa 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 this this sounds a bit crazy on this you know section and I'm like okay cool that's good to have your ears on it and that that feedback do you, do you ever listen to the song to the point where you're there like i don't know if this song is good anymore like i've heard it so much <laughs> yeah I'd, i yeah i'd say i'm not it with songs but i've had i've had it with parts you know i'm like mixing individual bits or whatever and so like, i just, i don't want to hear that anymore <laughs> Like onto the, I've sometimes just been on a song, and I've loaded it, and I've played it a couple of times, and you just, I've just been like, no, I'm gonna do a different one. <laughs> I'm not in the mood for that one right now, and that's rare, but it's yeah. Sometimes it's uh, you just got to be in the mood, doesn't it, haven't you? So very much, very much, very much helps things. Um, so uh, moving over a little bit, how is the band managed? I mean, I know you've you've recently signed on to management, but do you still have a lot of involvement in? It kind of the activities of the band yourselves or is it more up to your management or how does how does that relationship work yeah so that's that's recent that's um beginning of april we're working with jay from reaction management now um and the one of the reasons we actually went with him is that he he's it's not the kind of management where it's like oh no we we just don't do anything anymore we'll hand it over to him and he'll crack on he's very much like no bands need to keep going keep working keep doing what they're doing um and like so far i've never been in a band where everyone's been so driven to do a lot of the stuff in the background um and again we it's very collaborative um I think sometimes I do a lot of planning. I've I've done a lot of the um the, the show booking, so I do a lot of the planning. But again, it's not without a thumbs up from everybody. Uh, nothing nothing gets done without everyone's approval. I know at the minute, um, Aaron, guitarist Aaron. So I'll keep saying either what instrument they play or their surname. So you know which one. Guitarist Aaron, Aaron Hall. Um, he and Chloe are you know at the minute they're doing a lot of work in the background planning our next music video, for example. Um, but yeah, so, so the kind of management of it is very much. Jay's helping us, you know, that the, with the reaction manager, but they're going to help us with booking tours and, and just general advice and general sort of um, work around releases. But we, we do it together. We meet up. We've got a chat going constantly about what we want, want to do. Um, so, yeah, that's how we do it. There's no, there's no bleeder, basically, if you okay, like. Sure. That, that's the short answer. I'm just going to give the really long answer. And then I'm just going to summarise it. TDLO. <laughs> you could cut all the other bits out then. Oh, three minute podcast. <laughs> just selected quotes. Okay. That's it, yeah. Like, oh, wow, he's uh, not very chatty. Nice one. Never, <laughs> never interviewing a drummer again, are we? Well, okay. <laughs> well you give, you're giving me these audio files, so I'm gonna, I could do anything with this. It's true, it's true. It is true. No, I won't. I promise, I'll be good. I'll I'm at your mercy. Oh dear. <laughs> so, um, what would what would you say is the biggest success of the band so far? That could be like a personal moment, something you've gone, oh, that was amazing. That particular gig was amazing, or that particular Reese, or whatever it was. Yeah, that's it's always a tough question because it's tough in a good way because in a minute I feel really positive about Levere. I feel like um, we've we've had some really good moments sort of come through in the past couple of months um we've recently um got through to like a final stage of, of potentially playing at the pilton stage which is kind of like it's like a the after party um show at glastonbury uh, that they put on in september and uh, i think like 500 bands went for it and we're down to the, like the last 20 or something to go play to some judges and again that gig in itself is going to be amazing so that was a, that was a highlight um and generally again the gigs have been awesome but i think um we had 
we had a particularly really good time in Edinburgh, to be honest. We just, not just the gig, just a great day. We went out, we were tourists. We went out there, drank some iron brew, had some haggis. Um, <laughs> total tourists. I've never had haggis. Um, oh no, I didn't have any. But yeah, Chloe had some. It's, yeah, she's all good now. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, and we just had a great gig. And again, the band, it's because of the band that we said before about, you know, being cool and don't be a, um, but yeah, um, it was just a good day. So yeah, there's probably others that the other guys would choose. But that for me at the minute, that's what's been really positive, present and future. Was that at Bannerman's? Is that what you played? We didn't, no. We played at Sneaky Pete's. Um, we had looked at Bannerman's because I know they um, heard really good things about Bannerman's. They've got like accommodation and things like that. But um, yeah, there's a, we just um, got in touch with uh, Scott from a band called The Breathing Method. Um, again, very hardworking band, by the way, if you ever want to chat to them. Um, but um, yeah, got, got chatting to him and he booked us in Glasgow and Edinburgh. So he, uh, good guy. <laughs> we owe him big time. But yeah. <laughs> If it ever comes down near you, you can do another gig, right? That's it, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Fair. Nice, that sounds like a good a good day, <laughs> to be honest, so there we are. Yeah, it's just exactly, like, selfishly for me, that's what I want out of, like, going, if you like, touring, like, going a bit further afield. It's not just playing a great show in the evening, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in this band with two of my best friends and my wife, I want to have a good day, and it's like a holiday. You know, we've got an Airbnb in Edinburgh for two nights, play Glasgow the night before you know it's just just hanging out and and enjoying the time good times <laughs> so what would what would you say are the goals for the band in the next six months to a year or so yeah no it, again we we do plan a lot we always talk about what we want to do next and um, a big one is that we we've we're chatting again working with jay and and speaking to a lot of promoters we just we just want to play to bigger audiences so we just spend a lot of time we've got a lot of gigs booked and we're quite fortunate with that um and we've got some we've got you know we've got some really really cool promoters who are helping us out with shows um but the the, the other side of that is um we're about to release an ep uh, hopefully end of may uh, but we're also we're writing an album so and that's i'm really excited about that. going back to your questions about recording you know we've um we've got these grand plans of like hiring out airbnbs for two weeks and taking microphones and in yes. spaces and recording it like that properly kind of thing together yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but you know it's one of those things we talk about a lot and and um we're really proud of the song so far the ones that have come out and the demos aaron's are set like sending across are amazing uh, but yeah we've got this plan of you know and aaron and aaron bring their family as well potentially um and we'll just yeah that's the plan get get somewhere forget life and just hit record and make these songs the best we can make them basically in that space so solid plan more yeah. gigs recording no, no, yeah, that's it. Boom. Essentially, it's the, you know things that bands should do. <laughs> yeah, I do. Well, no, yeah, <laughs> I do. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's it. Really, just we just want to play to more people. That's that's priority. I can understand that. <laughs> more, just more. More, just more of everything. <laughs> so, uh, my my penultimate question to you: We've reached that point already. Uh, what is your best piece of advice for bands nowadays? Oh, advice! Oh, that makes me feel all high and mighty. No, <laughs> no. Um, advice would be, I think, um, just really think about what you want. Like, why are you joining or creating a band? Like, what's it for? You know, is it is it to 
play with your mates and play your own town once every couple of months and that be it and just enjoy that is it that you want to tour the world or you know or is it you want to write 100 albums and never play live i think just to find what you just think about what you want to do it's good it will change i think once once you know that i think it can only go in a positive direction i think i think you know you're not gonna um be disappointed when you chase something that isn't something for you like like i said before about you know for some people they'll probably go on tour and then they think no this isn't for me and it's you know it's a, you know i said about those being tired and and you're not having your free time for us that's outweighed by the actual tour in itself but for some people they could chase that and then it'd be not what they want at all so i think yeah i think that'd be my advice just think about what you want to do think about why you're doing it i guess you could say that about anything in life couldn't you (laughs) it's good advice though philosophical over here Uh, (laughs) work out what you want to do and then do it yeah that's it you know, that just sounds so easy, doesn't it? Do you know what? You know when, you, know when you want to do something? Just do it. Oh, there we are. I saw it, there we go, it? done. Hey. Wow. It's rubbish advice, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's good advice. It's good advice. Don't doubt yourself. Don't doubt you. explained it better than that, that, that trite sentence. So don't worry. Well, there we are. Um, <laughs> Hopefully. Wow. Uh, so to to close out the podcast, I'd like to ask you if your favourite song that's released, I'm sure some of the unreleased stuff would be amazing, uh, your favourite song to play um, at the end of the podcast from the band. So which song is it and why? Cool. I'm, I'm going to choose North Star. It's, um, it's, yeah, we released that last year. It's just got a great... I say great riff, a great few riffs. Um, when Aaron brought them to the rehearsal space, we're like, yes, Aaron, this is going to be a great song. Um, and we always put it towards the end of the set. It's got a bit of a, you know, I'm I'm offbeat hi-hatting in the, in the verses, you know, a bit of a disco beat. Disco beat, would I say that? No, yeah, that, that could work. But yeah, I just love it. It's a great song. It's a love song from Chloe as well. So it's a bit of a personal song. It's also oh. as well, um, yeah, it's cute, it's cute. Um um, Chloe always says at the beginning she always says this is a love song but it doesn't sound like a love song and I, I agree um, but um, it's also the song as well that I, you know, I sort of proposed to that gig it's the um, I proposed just before that song because I knew the context of it as well so for me not only do I enjoy playing it I enjoy the musical side of it it's got a bit it's already got a bit of nostalgic kind of um, elements to it as well so so yeah well there we are that's 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 it that's all i'm going to choose fair enough well this is levere with north star adam it's been great to chat with you yeah you too thank you phil really good to uh, chat to you again and it's good to meet you as well 